Good morning everyone, I cannot believe it. I've been fine over the last week or so, two weeks. Woke up, had a bit of a cough. Got dressed, finished off everything needed for this morning. About to leave, Rita made me do a test and there is a faint line. So now I have to go to for a PCR test. I'm so sorry, um, it drives me nuts. So I have to now do a really short version of what I was going to do because there's not enough time to record a full one and load it up. Um, so I'm sorry, I, will I ever be back? Um, that might be a source of great delight for some of you, but I want to be back. Um, so uh, Exodus, there's four chapters as well to cover. 21 to 25, Olwen read 24 brilliantly, I assume. Um, what's your plans for 2022 in this rapid fire short video then? Well, the Bible says obeying God and walking with him is what should be on all of our agenda, all of church's agenda. And if you're not a Christian, you've got to join, join the family, turn from your sin, join Jesus and start walking with him. Bible says uh, that's good. But loads of us, if you're like me, are rubbish at obeying the word of the Lord and his will for us, particularly when there's a clash. So how can we get better at obeying the Lord God? Well, the disaster happens when we lose sight of Jesus. Why would you obey anything in Christianity or in the Bible and in church life if it's not for Jesus? We just wouldn't. That's what the Bible calls religious people in the negative way. They just sort of, they haven't smiled since 1947 but they also uh, like behave themselves. It's like weird. So uh, let's just say a man outside the church this morning asks you to jump on a grenade. There's just a grenade bouncing down the road. Uh, he says, just jump on it before it goes off and kills me. Are you going to do it? Probably not. Uh, there isn't like a clearly defined narrative of why we should obey. But if you're in a war and a grenade is thrown into the camp, and your sergeant army general, of whom you love and respect and trust, says you've got to jump on that so the rest of us can live. There's a bigger picture here. Your obedience means uh, it's like part of this greater narrative. Well, we all read the stories and wonderful war poems about brave people that did that. What's the difference? The one's part of a narrative that the soldier understands, a greater good. And one is just arbitrary, sort of disconnected, six foot high, floaty rules. Um, which, interesting, the UK is in a position in at the moment. There's a book coming out about how we keep getting so offended by the betrayals of the government. And then this book coming out is saying, well, that sense of like morality and injustice and how it riles it up. It's a Christian one. The strange thing is, it's been disconnected from Christ and the church in this country at the moment. So we're in this floaty sort of expression of Christian sort of uh, disappointments and morality, but we're not grounded in Christ. We don't want to do that in 2022. Um, so in these chapters, um, 21 to 25, there's loads of laws and some of them were for the ancient church. They're a bit different. Some of them are a bit different for us now as Gentiles in Cardiff. But the heart of all of these laws, the heart of God is exactly the same. So sometimes the expressions change from the ancient church to um, us here now. Um, but really, uh, not really. And they're following the Ten Commandments 
and like God's way of clean living. And there's some really interesting ones in chapter 21, 1 to 11. It's like about laws and economic debts. And in those chapters in 21, the first part, it mentions slaves. If you own slaves. At 6 p.m. tonight, I've made a whole separate other video on slavery in the Bible, answering all the tricky questions. And uh, was it like the 18th century West or well, European and American slavery of the Africans? The differences we answer like we should all know some basic answers to those questions because people have questions. Why is there any form of slavery in the Bible. So that's about 20 minutes at 6 p.m. tonight. But know this, human trafficking in 1 Timothy 1.10 is absolutely condemned as a sin. And that was basically the uh, 18th and 19th and bit of 20th century uh, in some ways form of evil slavery. Um, there's laws about personal injury. Um Back then, the church wanted to overturn how the pagans and non-believers had just brought injustice in all of their sort of legal systems and rules. And they were coming back, the church, with ways of justice and freedom. So personal injuries, 21 uh, verses 12 to 36. I'm not landing there, but here's an interesting one. Um, here's a famous one you might know of. Um uh, if there is a serious injury, you are to take life for life, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, bruise for bruise. You've probably heard of that sentence uh, before, eye for an eye. If there are any vigilantes in Park End Church this morning festering over a wrongdoing done to them, you have to remember that here... Those commands were for the governing bodies of the ancient church, and it's the same for us today. Romans talks about how we're to hand any illegal things done to us over to the government and hope that they'll handle that appropriately. Pray for your enemies and report them to the authorities if needed. Don't be like a solo judgment. I will take vengeance on all the people who have ever done wrong to me this year. You'll be bitter. That's a terrible God and a terrible idol. Don't do it. Chapter 22, 1 to 15, it's all about property laws. And uh, if you lend your donkey to someone this year, what are the rules if it goes missing? Well, you can check out Exodus chapter 22. And if you don't, like, that's life's big question. What happens if my donkey goes missing? But if you don't own a donkey, it's still really important to grasp this. It's all just making this point. Though Christian who's just a one hour a week guy and then lives his own way about his own property and doesn't consult God and the church at all on anything he owns and how to use them. These chapters are for you. God cares about everything right down to your donkey. Like everything we're to yield to God this year. And that's the way for proper freedom. According to God, yield everything to him. Otherwise, you end up idolizing stuff. You become like that stuff and it will kill you a million ways along the way. And then you'll be judged by God for living for a false God. By the way, if you've got a mobile phone in your pocket, you may not own donkeys or servants. But if you've got a phone in your pocket, I was thinking about 200 years ago, 
you would have had to have about 200 servants to get the information for you that this one phone gets for you. Like this phone is a status of wealth and power. Like go and fetch me these answers. And you'd have to have hundreds of workers to do that for you. Now you've got about 700 workers for you in your pocket. It's a statement of wealth. Um, and you have a choice this year. How will you use your phone and the searches you send out and the things you do with it? Will it be for good? And will you yield your technology to God this year and use it for gospel work and glory? Or will you use it for evil? Um, and this one's an interesting one. Chapter 22 says this. Whoever sacrifices to another God other than the Lord must be destroyed. And I left that one in there. Uh, to be clear on that we are clear on who the God of the Bible is. 155,000 people will die today. Most of them will be judged by the living God because they've been living for a God that isn't the true God. And then there's no place for them in heaven because that's all about the living God. Um in the New Testament, Jesus is born of Mary and he says, we all got to worship my father. He's holding up the Bible. He's holding up Exodus and saying it's this God who takes worship of false gods so seriously they had to be taken away, killed. That's the very same father that Jesus calls us to worship. And we have to get to grips with some time, some uh, parts of the Bible that perhaps we've been avoiding the Bible says to everyone listening this morning, do not worship any other God except he who his father, son and spirit revealed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Sin matters. Let's turn from our false worship this year and come to the living God. It's a serious matter to live in God's world, but not live for him or the way that he wants us to the heart of the living God is all the way through this. He says in 22, do not take advantage of the widow or the fatherless. If they, if you do take advantage of them and they cry out to me, I'm going to hear their cry and deal with those people. It says if you lend money to the poor and the needy, don't treat it like a business deal. Don't add interest. Look after these people from among you. It even says if you borrow a coat from a poor person, give it back before the night comes. What else are they going to sleep in? Then he says in verse 25, I am for the compassionate or other versions I am compassionate for. So 2022 lets us at Park End Church use our money, houses, resources, food, care for our own, the poor and needy among us and then to the wider community. Um, it talks in 23 verse 1 about not spreading false reports. You can let false reports fester in COVID when we spend too much time in our living rooms on our own. Don't let it uh, fester and don't spread on false reports give it to God and leave it with him 23 is all about festivals join me on Friday at 6 p.m as we look at the Feast of Booths on Zoom and next Sunday at 11 and then it all comes down to this the final parts chapter 24 which Alwyn read now remember this everybody Jesus is the greatest person you can ever meet now tomorrow and forevermore and these sort of ways because the church literally marries Jesus that's what the Bible says 
These laws help us stay close to him. So keep him in mind as we seek to walk the holy life this year. These laws keep us from disobeying him, but from drifting from him, from putting a wedge in this marriage relationship we have with Jesus. And the end of verse chapter 23 is the Lord God in heaven says, I'm sending my angel um, before you and he's going to look after you. Do not rebel against him. My name is in him. And there's this divine angel at the end of 23. And then in chapter 24 that Olwyn read, um, come up uh, the mountain, you and the 70 elders to meet the Lord and worship him. So they go up and verse 9 says this, Moses, Aaron, Nadab, Abihu and the 70 elders of Israel went up and saw the God of Israel under his feet was something like a pavement made of lapis lazuli, um, as bright blue as the sky, those sapphire and paved heaven's courts under the feet of this God that they meet up this mountain. Um, who are they looking at? Well, Jesus says no one has ever seen the Father and lived. They're looking at this divine Lord, the Son of God, the Christ. And isn't it interesting, the right smack in the middle of this um, passage on laws, they meet and see Jesus. Again, this is who it is all about. Help, I'm rubbish at obeying Christian rules. Well, obviously, but when you meet Jesus, when you see the bride, the bridegroom, you think, oh, he's in it. He's involved. I will follow him this year. He's in. I'm in. And when there's a clash, I submit. This man standing there with all these um, burning, glorious stones beneath him, the king of glory, who would later come in a stable and trough to come and find people like me. He went from that to that. If he's in, I'm in. And when I sin this year, which I will, I'm going to confess it to him. And he forgives me and hugs me and shares his spirit with me and tells me to keep going and walk the life that he thinks is best for me. Uh, when we're bad at obeying, we tell him that he died for us. When we need help to soldier on this Lord of Exodus chapter 24, the Lord Jesus Christ, he equips us, he draws near. Why do we follow? He never lies. Other people do. He never betrays. Other people do. He protects us. He walks with us. He makes us stronger through our weaknesses. He never leaves a Christian behind and even when he calls us to go counterculture this year we say together he is worthy i'm going to be a man of jesus and his word i'm going to spend my money the way he wants me to i'm going to look after my donkey the way he wants me to if i've got a girlfriend i'm going to behave with her the way that his word tells me to i'm going to speak with this manner and use these words in this situation because he tells me to he cares about everything about me right down to my mouth and i'm yielding it all to christ because this lawgiver is the same one who died for me at calvary and brings me all the blessings of heaven he's seen me at my worst yet he's calling me on to the glorious church life this year in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit amen